Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I am coming to you live right after Bayern Munich's 5-0 destruction of VfB Stuttgart. And what a match it was. And I got to start out with, how bad was that grass? I mean, it was a terrible pitch today. The first thing I noticed when I when I turned on the game was just the shoddy shape that that field was in. And as I think it was my guy Teddy said in our Slack channel during the match, I mean, you figure with all of that Mercedes money, they would be able to get a better pitch out there. But man, that was awful. And it was just, it was painful to watch. And I think it was Teddy again that said, you know, that was just a bad look for the league. And it was, you don't want to send out, you know, these players, these multi-million dollar players out on such a bad dog track of a pitch. Oh, that was awful. But let's get down to the important stuff. Obviously, grass is not the at the center of everyone's heart like it might be for mine. Uh, Bayern Munich just looked great today. This was one of the best matches they've had in a while. Kind of had a feeling something like this might happen. I did a midweek warm-up that we released on the site this morning. And that was one of the things that I inferred was I actually predicted a 4-0 victory, so I was off on that. But I figured Robert Lewandowski would have a big match. I figured Bayern despite not necessarily having a natural partnership in the middle of the field, would be able to overcome that, and they did. And uh, I just thought they were due to kind of have a breakout, and they absolutely did that today. So uh, let's take a quick recap of how things went down. And the first major event of the match was, unfortunately for Bayern Munich, another injury. Uh, Kingsley Coman was in a big battle uh, with VfB Stuttgart, defender, and I'm going to butcher this name, so let's get that out of the way. Konstantinos Mavropanos, hopefully I did that okay. He is a Greek defender on loan from Arsenal, but he's also on the transfer radar window, or transfer radar of Borussia Borussia Dortmund. Uh, He got tangled up with Mavropanos, Kingsley Coman did, ended up grabbing the back of his leg. I think we can assume that's a hamstring injury. Uh, Definitely looked like a muscle pull and wouldn't be shocking for Coman. He's been kind of prone to that throughout his career. So that was the first big thing we saw. Coman leave the match and uh, Leroy Sané came in and Sané would play a big role. As in the 40th minute, he set up the first goal from Serge Gnabry. Sané had penetrated and just slid off a nice little pass to Gnabry who unleashed a great shot. And that was the first of many great things that Gnabry would do on the day. Uh, So Bayern, at that point, it was definitely a choppy game. They went into the locker room at 1-0. While it didn't necessarily look great, uh, Bayern was in firm control. And one of the things that kind of puzzled me uh, throughout the beginning of the match was that it seemed like Bayern was avoiding their central midfield in the buildup. Almost all of uh, their build-up play went outside through the wings or encompassed long passes to uh, from the defenders to the forwards. And I think that that was purposeful from Julian Nagelsmann. Uh, and I don't want to necessarily say they were avoiding using Mark Rocco or Jamal Musiala much in the build-up, but I, I think that uh, Nagelsmann recognized something in VFB Stuttgart's defense uh, and wanted to probably alleviate some of the pressure off of Musiala and Rocco, who had never played together as a midfield pairing and really seemed uh, to not do bad. I mean, I, I thought they were okay. Roca did exactly what he needed to do in the match, uh, and as did Musiala. So we'll touch on that a little bit later. But uh, those were the kind of the takeaways we had from the first half. 
Uh, but you could tell things were potentially brewing for Bayern Munich, and it did not take them long in the second half to get going. As Thomas Muller did what he always does, and he found Serge Gnabry with a great little assist. Gnabry with nifty footwork finished it off. Uh, just at this point, you kind of had the feeling that things might start going Byron's way and the floodgates might open, and they did. In the 69th minute, we saw a nice goal from Robert Lewandowski off of a feed from Serge Gnabry. And again, the duo would repeat that, that task uh, just three minutes later as Lewandowski finished off another goal, uh, once again, off of an assist from Serge Gnabry. So at that point, Gnabry had two goals and two assists, and he was looking great. And I think everyone was rooting for him to get that third one because he, uh, he earned it, honestly. It was a really, really tremendous performance from him. And he did just two minutes later in the 74th minute. He got that third goal, Byron's fifth of the match. And then we saw the sub parade kind of start. We saw Malik Tillman come in, Tenge Nyanzu, Mikhail Cuisance, the hashtag step over King. And we will touch on him in a bit as well. Uh, and Omar Richards came in for Alfonso Davies. So if we want to just take a, a just an overall summary of the match, uh, Byron looked really, really good. Offensively, they might have started out struggling. Everything was a little bit choppy, but they really pulled together. And when they look good, they look really, really good. Uh, Serge Gnabry needed an effort like this. More than anybody else, he is a player that was coming off of that whole COVID mess. Uh, he had been out of the starting lineup a bit, wasn't necessarily probably getting the minutes he wanted. Uh, he's also in the, the midst of contract negotiations. So there's a lot going on with Serge Gnabry. He probably has been a little bit distracted by things off the pitch, not just his contract, but like I said, he was embroiled in the whole COVID-19 controversy at Bayern Munich. Uh, so for him to come out and do this, just it was really important. Uh, and, and that became magnified even more when Coman went out because Gnabry, you know, when we look, if you just want to even cycle back and say this is a 4-2-3-1, which we will touch on in a second, um, Gnabry has really shifted into the role of a third winger at this point, which is really odd because he's so talented and probably would be a starter on most teams. Uh, Julian Nagelsmann does rotate a lot, so it's not as if, you know, Gnabry's just a sub. He's more of a rotational player with the other two, but he seems to be the man out of the mix the most of late. Uh, but, you know, for Gnabry to come out, establish himself, uh, produce and, and regain some of that confidence, I think was really important. He did that. And now we'll see how important that will, will become because, you know, he's going to have to probably turn around and play again on Friday because I would guess Coman will miss the match. It really looked like he pulled a hamstring, which would probably keep him out Friday and a couple of weeks after that, I would guess, if I had to. Uh, so the formation. Okay. This, almost the entire season, this formation has really been a, a 3 4 2 one And, you know, Leroy Sané has pushed in. We've seen... Alfonso Davies really playing more of a wing back role. But today, maybe it was just a one-time appearance. It really did look like a 4-2-3-1. I thought they were less conservative and pushing forward with the outside backs today. I thought Davies um, was not at his best today. I, and listen, this is just the eye test. I'm not going to go off of heat maps or anything yet because they're not yet available. But I, I would say just from the eye test, Gnabry was not as aggressive in pushing up. And that could have all been part of the game plan, honestly. Again, you had a double pivot that had not worked together before. 
Uh, Musiala, really not even a defensive midfielder uh, or even a central midfielder. Honestly, he's more of an attacking midfielder and a wing, but um, you had those two working together in Musiala and Roca. Uh, you know, you really had Pavar on, on the other side playing right back, who was who, even though he got up more field, more upfield more than usual, um, he's still more of a conservative right back. And of course, you had Sula and Hernandez at the back. So I, I just think this was part of the game plan today to play it more conventionally, play more like a 4 2 3 1. And it was exactly what the team needed. And I thought it created that stability around the central midfield. And as I was saying to some of my colleagues at BFW, the fact that we weren't constantly commenting on Mark Roca shows you that he had a good game. Uh, It really would have been uh, the analogy would be an offensive lineman in football or in American football. If you're talking about that lineman, chances are they did something wrong or had a bad game. And it's the same thing with Roca. He was given a, a task to be a more of a defensive midfielder and he he did so excellently he wasn't relied upon too much in the build-up but he did complete a good amount of passes so um you know over the course of the game so while they may have lessened his responsibilities he did exactly what he was asked and uh or what was asked of him and he performed well so i think Bayern munich has to be really happy about that uh jamal musiala was good in his role as well i wouldn't say he was great but he, he was definitely good and for Roca, a guy that is uh, marketing himself to transfer away potentially this winter, this was the exact kind of performance he needed. It was a low risk, and he did everything he needed to do. So if Roca is really looking to leave this winter, and if Bayern Munich is looking to sell him, there's a good chance that could happen off of coming off of this performance. Um, you know, But overall, with the formation, I, I do think it was more conservative than usual, and that Nagelsmann relied more on his attackers. He relied on Thomas Muller and Robert Lewandowski and Serge Gnabry and Leroy Sané to really carry the load offensively. And they did so with a plum. They were great. Uh, can't really say enough good things about how they performed. Um, you know, what I think Bayern Munich can really take out of this is, is they have to know one that, you know, being so banged up, uh, you know, being embroiled in so many controversies off, off the field, that this team has that elite mentality you don't often see. And I think that's what Nagelsmann is learning about this group. I think that's what the team is learning about itself. No matter how many times they get knocked down, they continue to get back up. And sure, it had to be a gut punch early in the game that yet another player went down. When Coman was clutching his hamstring, you kind of had to think that, You know, the rest of the team was like, oh, no, not again. But this team just keeps going. And it doesn't always look pretty. And it doesn't always look like beautiful football. And it's not. But they just keep persevering and keep doing good things. And eventually, with this group, when they start to get a little more healthy and when they start to get even more acclimated to Nagelsmann's tactics, this could be a really, really dangerous squad. Um, Some of the great individual performances – uh, and other things that we noticed over the course of today. Obviously, you had Gnabry and Lewandowski, who were th- both great. And at one point, I was kind of muttering to myself, man, is Lewandowski in a slump? Because this would have been another game that he did not score. But he took care of business in the 69th minute, like I said, to get things going. And, uh, you know, listen, he looked great. And he was a, a post away from having a hat trick. He did drill the post late in the game. And uh, that would have <laughs> given him the hat trick. So he was that close. Uh, and, and frankly, I think if you, if you gave him that same shot a hundred times, he hits at 99. This was just unlucky. And it probably had to do with that awful pitch 
that uh, VFB Stuttgart rolled out there. Um, I thought Thomas Muller was tremendous. Uh, what he does on the pitch, you can't measure in just statistics alone, even though his statistics are good. Uh, you know, he's such a leader out there. And the, one of the only enjoyable things about the Geisterspiel games is that you can hear how much Muller is directing traffic and doing the work of a manager on the field. You really can't ask for much more from him. Uh, defensively, I thought Nicholas Sula was a beast. And this is what I think we continue to see from Sula. He is, uh, you know, I think he's physically gifted, obviously, to be that big and that fast and that strong. A lot of that is just natural, right? I mean, there's no denying that. Uh, I think he's a little bit more focused this season, and maybe that has to do with his pending free agency, uh, that he's really trying to earn himself more money. But I, I think he has just been really good all season. I think he's a foundational player. And we were debating a little bit in our BFW Slack channel between who was better, Luca Hernandez or uh, Nicholas Sula. And I'm on Team Sula with that one. We have some other people that are on Team Hernandez. Uh, they're both really good. It's not like one guy's great and the other guy sucks. They're both really good. Um, you know, as is Upa Makano, though, I rate him the third among those three. Uh, but I think Sula is the, is the player you want to build around. I'm not overly convinced that Luca Hernandez is going to stay uh, with Bayern Munich past uh, the length of his contract. Wouldn't surprise me if he wanted to move on. And that's just a guess. I mean, uh, that's just from me reading, you know, some things about him in his recent interview. I'm not saying he definitely wants to leave. Just saying it wouldn't shock me if he did. Whereas with Sula, I think you have a Germany international. You have a player with a unique physical skill set and tool set. I mean, he can everything he can do technically as well. This is a kind of a freak player. I think you need to retain him. I think that Bayern Munich needs to do whatever it is they need to do to keep him from going to England because if he keeps having performances like this, uh, he's going to get paid, and he's going to get paid a lot more probably than what Bayern Munich wants to pay him. So hopefully they can work something out from him. As for the subs, uh, it was really nothing uh, special from anyone except for the hashtag step over King who came into the match and had some great passes. And this is what kills me about Cuisance, right? So Cuisance has become kind of the butt of everyone's joke in the BFW community, right? Um, I, Tom and I definitely uh, are a fan of Cuisance's skill. I think he's, I think he's a talented guy. I really do. I think he has natural talent. I think he's got a lot of skill. That said, uh, I think he's an idiot. And, and, and I don't I, and I feel bad saying it. His attitude is so bad in just about every way. And I don't know about his work ethic because I'm not on Sovener Strasse and I'm not there gauging how he's performing day to day. But just some of the things he said, some of the stories we read, they can't all be fake, right? Um, some, some of the, you know, the decisions that were made, even like with much and Gladbach letting him go and, uh, you know, they didn't really put up too much of a fight to keep him. Uh, you know, he goes on loan to Marseille and Marseille really doesn't want to bring him back either. Leeds didn't really fight too much to bring him in. In fact, like some people speculate, they made up a medical issue to not bring him in, uh, for all of that. Right. Cuisance is a skilled and talented guy, but if he could just fix his attitude and the reason I say that, and, and when I say idiot, like, I don't know if he's an idiot in real life or not, but like, he's a young guy. Right. And he's actually performing well at, at during this time in the match. Right. And I think like people were impressed. 
most people think he sucks and he really does not. But, you know, we're late in the match. He's making a run down the right side. Robert Lewandowski has the ball. Of course, Lewandowski at this point is sitting on a brace. He wants that hat trick. And Cuisance is wide open. I mean, wide open. And Lewandowski didn't even look his way, uh, tried to shoot. And Cuisance, of course, threw his hands up, winced, like shook his head, everything. I mean, buddy, you're a talented kid. But, like, that's Robert Lewandowski. And you're a guy that's so deep on the bench, like you're not even a thought most of the time for the coaching staff. Just don't make a scene of yourself. That's all I was hoping for is that Cuisance would go in, perform well, and maybe start to work his way back into some sort of rotation. Unfortunately, he went in, did well, but then really just killed himself by doing that. So if you take anything out of this match about Cuisance, it's that he can perform well, that he has some talent, but his attitude is so beyond broken. The kid needs, he really needs to be fixed. I hope he gets it together because while he might not have a future with Bayern Munich, He's a kid with, with so much skill, he could take that somewhere else and perform. And I think he can be an impact player somewhere. I just hope it happens. It, it's really a shame seeing a kid like that just kind of piss away everything that he's earned in his life. I mean, this is a kid who's climbed to the highest level. He's on Bayern Munich. Just fix your attitude. Become a better person. Stop being such a baby on the field. And then maybe good things will happen to you. If you just fix your attitude, you know, good things might happen. People's perceptions of you might change. And if you stop injuring your teammates in training, that would help too. So <laughs> with that, I'll, I'll leave this as a closing note. Bayern Munich absolutely looks good right now, but they need to finish strongly on Friday against Wolfsburg. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that later in the week as we get closer to doing a preview. And we'll, of course, we'll have the weekend warm up podcast. But uh, Wolfsburg is, you know, they are a team that is going through some things right now. Uh, that is a squad full of coach killers. It does not appear as though that they can respond to anyone at this point. Uh, they might be broken. They might be broken for the entire season. So hopefully, uh, you know, Bayern Munich can take advantage of that. For the Bundesliga's sake, I hope Wolfsburg can find uh, a cure for whatever is ailing them right now. But uh, Bayern Munich can't worry about that. They need to just take care of business. So uh, thanks again for listening. We appreciate every time you tune into the podcast and that you read our post. Please check BavarianFootballWorks.com for all of our post-game coverage. We'll have a lot going on. And uh, you can get me on Twitter at The Barrel Blog. You can get our site at BavarianFBWorks. You can get Tom at TommyAdams71. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. And once again, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.